Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to editor-in-chief at Marcosia and marvellous bloke, Ian Sharman, about what comics he would take into a zombie outbreak apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, the Comic Scene Comic Club. Available from just £5 a month, you can get monthly issues of the History of Comics 1930-2030, to monthly issues of the brand new Shift Comic Anthology, and two Comic Scene specials per year. To find out more and subscribe to the Comic Club, visit comicscene.org. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Ian Sharman. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. I'm all right. I'm, I'm chilled. I'm relaxed. <laughs> relaxing, maxing. It ain't too taxing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> totally. Whatever you kids are saying these days. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's what the cool kids are saying. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Ian Sharman, thank you so much for being on Comics for the Apocalypse today. It's a, it's a real pleasure to have you on. And for, for anybody that hasn't come across you just yet, what do you do in the world of comics? What do I do in the world of comics? What don't I do? Um, I am <laughs> I am Marcosia's editor in chief. So I, I basically, along with Harry Marcos, run Marcosia, um, and I I handle most of our social media as well. Um, and uh, I also write comics. I've written Hero Nine to Five, Alpha Gods, Hypergirl, Zach Ridley, The Lady in the Lost World, and some other bits and pieces that escape my memory right now. Um, and I have inked professionally. I inked some Spider-Man and some X-Men and uh, some Iron Man, uh, some Savage Dragon. That was cool. Um, and I, I've i done a little bit of colouring, but I hate colouring, so I don't do a lot of that. Um, <laughs> and I do a lot of lettering. And uh, like the most notable things I've lettered are the Doctor Who graphic novels by BBC Books. And uh, I've done some some weird underground manga stuff for Top Shelf and stuff like that. Wicked. Incredible. So a, ra- a rather wide-spanning career. Yeah, I just I do whatever like people want to pay me to do, you know. <laughs> if you're going to pay me, I'll do it, you know. Oftentimes, <laughs> if you're not going to pay me, I'll still do it, you know? That's fantastic. And uh, Marcosia is actually uh, home to one of my favourite graphic novels, uh, that being Away. Away? Oh, cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I just, all, I just really all enjoy it. graphic novels are good, you know, not just Away. Well, yeah, they're, exactly. They're all great. Of course. Especially of course. Mine. Definitely. <laughs> uh, but no, just uh, Away by John Late and Grant Richards yeah. just really uh, hit a chord with me. Um, and it's, it's, one, it's one that, that, that I've read. Uh, quite a few times um and yeah i just wanted to bring bring that fact up for you just so cool. you knew <laughs> at least you know what we do at least you like heard of us yeah. that people who are just like who are marcosia what, you, what do you do i've never heard of you i'm like okay like really? conventions people come up to my table like i've not heard of any of these books i'm like wow. that's rude you know? <laughs> yeah, I, like, you know, now people you can have. be funny at cons, can't not, they? Like they think one? that they're being, they're doing small talk, and they're just really rude. Yes, yeah. <laughs> people, uh, you know, social skills and people who attend kit cons kind of don't tend to have a big kind of cross, 
you know yeah there has to yeah. be some leeway probably yeah, yeah. definitely <clears throat> fantastic um well ian um where can people find you online online uh, they can find me on twitter at id shaman um they can find me on instagram i think i'm ian d shaman on there uh they can find me on facebook i'm ian shaman on facebook um and i have a deviant art but i haven't uploaded anything to that for years <laughs> i'm sure if people google ian shaman deviant yeah art, it'll i come mean up. google ian shaman comics you'll find all of my various social media and stuff um, if you just Google Ian Sharman, you'll come up with the ultra marathon runner Ian Sharman, which is it's really weird. If you Google Ian Sharman on like the right hand side of Google, it, it's it's him, right? And then yeah. it has published works, and it's my books. Oh no, they've done that about. where they've got a picture of the ultra marathoner yeah. Yeah. and you doing like all yeah. of your published works. <laughs> Yeah, apparently he wrote he wrote all those graphic novels, but yeah, as well fine. as ultra marathoning. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where how he has the time, but you know, exactly. <laughs> My God, uh, and of course, uh, if people want to check out Marcosia, they can just go to marcosia dot com as well. Yeah, marcosia dot com. It's it's very simple. I think marcosia dot co dot uk redirects to marcosia dot com, but um, I haven't tried that recently. <laughs> Give it a go, folks. See what yeah. happens. See where um, you end but- up. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's marcosia.com. We're Marcosia UK on Instagram and I think we're just Marcosia on Twitter. Um and we're Marcosia Enterprises, I think, on Facebook. Fantastic. And all of those links are in the show notes, folks. So you can Yay. click through right there and check it all out whilst we're talking. Um speaking of which, Ian, I do have some bad news for you. Yeah. Um and that is that there's actually been a zombie outbreak. Um, in amongst what's going on already that's very 2020 isn't it just keep going yeah just (laughs) Just keep going just keep yeah that doesn't what am i going to do exactly the same as i've been doing for the past like six months you know nine months however long it's been feels like forever feels like about five years to be honest it does yeah 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 i think i think everybody's aged kind of like yeah five years rather than just the, the yeah the I'm, year I'm definitely passed. I'm, I'm 50 now that's yeah yeah that's it, it feels like that definitely some time dilation going on <laughs> uh this year for sure uh but my uh my first question for you is what is your action plan for survival my action plan well to be honest um i live which on one side of my house is uh a storage facility for a an undertaker and on the other side of my house is an old people's home. So I think oh what's going to happen in the event of a zombie apocalypse is I'm going to die very quickly. But I do have some swords like to, 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 so that I go down in flames, like at least lopping Excellent. a few old people's heads off. And that's <laughs> I think. To be honest, like, the old people, um, I, couldn't, I mean, there might not be zombies yet, but you, you, know, you don't want to take a chance. You know, no, just exactly. just lock the heads off now. You know, <laughs> sorry, yeah, I'm saying like a Tory no. MP. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, you can never take be too careful, mate. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's that's quite right. Um, and uh, whilst you're kind of waiting for, for for the impending zombies coming from both sides of your house, um, you you get reminiscing about comics um and uh, the first question that you ask yourself is uh, what's the first comic you remember enjoying i mean i I've, I've read comics basically as long as i can remember because my my granddad used to get me a, a comic every week originally i think he got me uh, looking uh and then 
Oh, no, he originally got me the Beano and then Looking, and then my dad took over and got me um, the Star Wars comic, weekly comic, and then uh, Transformers and Action Wars. But the thing I think about this, what stuck out in my mind is that my sister had a big hardback collection of the Trigon Empire. Uh, and I absolutely loved that. It just like blew my mind, this kind of entire history of this other world and this other civilization. Um, and with absolutely beautiful painted artwork. Um, and they've recently uh, started uh, putting out collections of it, uh, re- you know, uh, with the like, letterings all redone and everything. And it's absolutely stunning. I've been reading through, well, I've read the first one, the second one's not out yet, but I think it's out soon. Uh, and I, I just love it. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's from the 60s. So some mm. of the, the, the racial politics and the like gender sure. politics of it are a little um Crazy. of its day shall we say <laughs> yeah, um yeah. like uh, yeah you got the kind of jungle people who are have green skin and are very primitive right. and then you have the devious kind of slanty eyed race you know and you're like okay <laughs> oh god fine <laughs> but um but it's, it's good stuff it's you know yes brilliant escapist kind of adventure um action adventure tale stuff and and certainly um fired my imagination as a kid and i think that's i think that's one of the most important things for comics to do is to fire people's imagination exactly and so obviously that's kind of the the inception for your love of comics yeah um and so um following on from that were were you creating stories yourself were you drawing at that time uh what was going on in your head (laughs) uh, at that time i was like cutting out bits from star wars comics and making my own comics using those because I, I think I, yeah. I've always been aware of my artistic shortcomings, <laughs> so I've been more of a writer than a, an artist. I've tried drawing comics, and it's never like you know they say your own worst critic. It's like mm. I hate hate my own art, so I would never have been happy drawing comics. But um, yeah, I've always been kind of dabbling in in doing my own kind of little comics here and there, and. I was I was definitely inspired by the work of uh, Mike Caseybrid. Um, he did right. Matt and the Cat in the, the old Transformers UK comics, um, and I did a lot of stuff kind of aping his style when I was little. It's really weird. Like we're friends on Facebook now, and that just that blows my mind. It's like um, I'm, 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 it's like for me, I know Lou, Lou Stringer, and for me, that's like. But he was I read read his comics when I was a kid. He did like. Mm-hmm. These little comics in the tra- in Action Force, Combat Colin, and that, and it's like this is weird that I'm friends with these people now. You know, <laughs> I know cool. these people who were like made the comics of my childhood. It's like um, uh, I've worked with uh, Mike Collins a few times, and we're Great. recently good friends. And I remember talking to him in a bar in a hotel in Birmingham at like two a.m. and I'm like. You know, you're, you wrote uh, the story Crisis in Command in the Transformers comic back in the day. And that that really kind of showed me that comics could be more than just like, certainly Transformers comics could be more than just big robots hitting each other. There could be like some actual kind of depth and meaning to it. And he was like, thank you, thank you. How old were you when you read that? And I was like eight years old. And he told me to go away. He told yeah. me I can't swear on this podcast. So, yeah, he told me to go away, and no one turns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing though. Um, to to have that experience, I mean, it might not be so good for Mike, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no. 
No, clearly not. Um, I, but, I try uh, not yeah. to comment on people's Facebooks now with, oh, I was eight when I read this strip. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, God. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so um, obviously you were kind of, you, you were creating your own stories there. And, and then when did you think, I could make a career of this? I, this is the weird thing. I dropped out of university um, mm. during after my first term. So it's, it's about the January, February. Mm-hmm. So it's during, during the beginning mm-hmm. of the second term um, to break into comics. Um, wow. Kind of went up to Glasgow comic, Glasgow, as it was back then, Glasgow comic art convention um, <laughs> to kind of share my, share my art around. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. Um, and uh, 12 years later, I finally got my first credit in a comic. Um, but I had a whole detour where I kind of got heavily into the church and worked for the church for a while. And that was, that was, there's a whole story that hangs there, which I won't get into on this podcast because wow. it's not relevant. Um, so I have to say, I'm now an atheist. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Switcheroo. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of uh, when everything, actually, when everything kind of, happened at the church won't get into it things went awry shall we say um uh that's when i was like well i'm gonna go back to trying to break into comics and uh went to i think it's about 2005 went Mm -hmm. to the convention in brighton that des skin put on uh and met harry marcos and and the rest is basically history you know um yeah but yeah, there was a whole kind of gap of not actually trying to break into comics. As well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a detour. Yes. <laughs> and then you looped back round. I just love um, music. It was it was fun. <laughs> wow. That's really cool. Yeah, no, that might be a story for another day. Um yes. but uh, yeah, obviously <laughs> you met um Ian met Harry and um it was a match made in heaven by the sounds <laughs> of it, because you've been going strong ever since. We have, <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes, I mean initially I showed him uh, the very early version of Alpha Gods, and they were like, "Yeah, no, we're not going to publish this. It's crap." <laughs> but <laughs> maybe you could do some pinups for us. And I'm like, "Yeah," and then they were like, get, 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 "Why don't you get on our message boards and hang out there?" And so I got talking to Ryan Stegman on their message boards, and I was like, "Hey, I've noticed your, your stuff isn't getting inked." On he was working on Midnight Kiss at that time, for Marcosia. And I was like, nobody's mm. inking this. And I'd had, I had ran, run into uh, Tim Townsend um, on AOL when I was about 19. Um, wow. And he was inking Uncanny X-Men, I think, at the time. And mm. sent him a few pages that I had inked. Uh, and he was like, I don't really do this for anybody, but you've definitely got something. I will tutor you in inking. Amazing. Um, and so he tutored me for quite a while in inking. I would send him samples and he'd go, well, this is, you need to tweak this and tweak that and do it again, do it again, do it again. And so I had this experience of inking, but hadn't ever inked professionally in that because I was 19 and I sent my samples mm. off to Marvel and they sent me a really long letter back going, no. Um, <laughs> and because I was 19, I was like, well, it's either inking the uncanny x-men or it's nothing i had no idea concept of like you need to start at the bottom and work yeah, your totally. way up you know so like 
when I came back to it at the age of like 30, yeah, about 30, I was like, I will literally do anything as long as it's some working comics and I will do it for free. And everything. so then I was, yeah, so talking to Ryan Segman, I was like, can I have a go at inking some of your stuff? And so did. Um, and then I was like, I was at work one day, uh, aboard at lunchtime. I was like, I, I'm going to try and color this page. So I colored the page. I posted it up on the forum, on the Marcosia forum. And the next thing I knew, they were like, do you want to color some stuff for us? And I was like, sure, fine. If that's, that'll get me some, some work. And yeah, if that'll get me a credit in a, an actual published comic, I'm going to do it. Um, and I hate coloring. I really do hate coloring. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that was ended up being, ended up coloring, was it Smoke and Mirror issue one? And uh, there's a whole story about what happened with issue two, but I won't go there. Um, and... Ominous. <laughs> that was my that was my foot in the door, as it were, and that kind of got me in touch with Harry kind of more regularly. And right. so, eventually, they were like, "Our pre-press guy has upped his rates. Um, could could you do it?" And I was like, "Sure," because I have a background in. Before I was in comics, I was working in print and graphic design. Um, mm-hmm. I was the in-house an in-house graphic designer at a local print firm, so I kind of learned to do graphic design for print. So I knew the whole kind of pre-press thing uh, and you had to actually produce a file that would print properly. Um, which I think is like, to me, it's like a no brainer. It's like the most simple thing, but like mm. people don't know how to do it, which and no. I'm, I'm glad that people don't know how to do it because I get paid to do it. And that's great. And I like getting paid. So yeah, I've rambled off. Like so far away from whatever tangents are good. Was. Yeah, no, no worries, Ian. Tangents are good because <laughs> it leads us to places we we didn't know we were going to go. Um, so no, that's that's fantastic. That's really fascinating. Um, and uh, yeah, so obviously that's that's it. how did you end up to be editor in chief, having gone through all of those steps? Well, because I, I was I was doing the pre press stuff, um, and Harry would phone me up very regularly and chat to me about stuff and eventually he made me group editor whatever that means (laughs) (laughs) um and i did the group editor job for ages which is just like he he would send me and he does he sends me submission anything that's that's been submitted to marcosia he wades out the stuff that's obviously rubbish and then he'll send me stuff and be like what do you think do you think this is good enough yes Mm. or no kind of thing and then i'll be like you're joking aren't you this is awful I can't believe sometimes he'll send me stuff that he knows is awful just because he knows I'll find it funny. Um, but yeah, and I was doing that for several years and eventually Harry was just like, why, why aren't you editor in chief? And I was like, I don't know. And like, I'm going to make you editor in chief. I was like, fine. You know, that's fine. And then, and then for the next few years, I just suffered <clears throat> imposter syndrome, like worrying that people will, will find out that I, I'm, not an editor and don't know what I'm doing and all that stuff and just shouldn't have the role of editor in chief and somebody's going to call me out on it. And then I kind of eventually was like, no, I, I, I'm doing this job and I've been doing this for years. So clearly I, I am an editor in chief. Fine. Okay. Then I'll start <laughs> making a few more kind of aggressive decisions, <laughs> you know, like we shouldn't be publishing this. It's awful. 
Bingo. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's that, yeah, exactly. That does happen, um, and uh, you got a very difficult job because you've actually got to make decisions, um, and you know, a lot of the time that means saying no to people, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, and it's it's hard because I I'm a creator myself, and I know yes how personally I take a no. You know, exactly. it's yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm very lucky actually because uh, all of my stuff is published by Marcosia and. Uh, so I'm interested in chief. Nobody's going to say no. There's nobody to say no. Um, <laughs> it's great. I can, pump, yeah. But uh, except for artists, they do quite often say no. That's a shame. Um, anyway, go. where was I? I can't even remember where I was going there. <laughs> well, no. I mean, just it's it's fascinating the the job of of editor in chief, and yeah, um, it's a, it's a very difficult job. Um, uh, it's, to, it's a very to, to weird who gets published, who doesn't. Um, yeah. And then I'm, I'm sure you find yourself sometimes, like perhaps you want to publish it, but it's just not the right time. Yeah, sort of or, or, or the stuff. What more often happens is the stuff I really want to publish, uh, and they decide to go with another publisher because they right. another publisher can offer them better deal than we can. Um, mm. like uh, we don't distribute through Diamond, um, because um, because as a UK publisher, distributing through Diamond basically ends up costing you money rather than making you money. Yeah. Um, but we don't produce physical single issues; we only produce digital single issues. And for some people, it's really important to have for them to have those single issues that people can go and buy in a comic shop, mm. you know? Um, but um, I'm the best example of a comic that got away recently was a uh, Yasmin um, by Scout Comics. Mm-hmm. That was pitched to us. It's absolutely fantastic comic. It's amazing. It's about mm. a, a young girl from in, in Iraq who was yeah. caught up in the whole invasion thing. Um, and it's it's brilliant, and I'm, I'm gutted we didn't get to publish it, you know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, for everything, every yes, everyone that gets away, there are like two or three that that don't, and that's great. But you know, the other thing, the other problem we have is like when a book's pitched, it may seem great, but when it's actually finished, it's like, mm. you know, yeah. this, this does not fulfilled its original promise. Um, Definitely, it's like buying a football player. And then, like yeah. you know, <laughs> you buy it on the on the on the promise of kind of you know the stats from from the previous teams that they've played for, and then like they just completely flop. <laughs> like I mean, I the, think in your team, one of the good things to come from COVID has been we've had more submissions and a higher quality of submissions because obviously people cool. have had time on their hands uh, to to finish projects and get stuff submitted and so we have lots of yeah. exciting things in the work you know, works you know it's uh it's uh really good been really good for us weirdly because again mm. we don't distribute through diamond so the whole comic shop closure stuff yeah diamond shutting down did, didn't affect us at all no really yeah yeah see so oh, we brilliant. yeah we just mainly we mainly sell through like <clears throat> online bookshops uh, mm-hmm. So Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Wordery and Book Depository and this new bookshop uh, website. Uh, all of our stuff is on there as well. And yeah, uh, 
so that's our main distribution channel and so it didn't hasn't covid really hasn't affected us as a business um negatively at all which has been nice that's brilliant <laughs> um no yeah it's it's great to have had that flexibility because obviously it's it's affected a lot of um other publishers uh, but uh, yeah, they, they, they're going to have to catch up <laughs> to the way that you were doing it. <laughs> so ahead, ahead of the curve, I reckon. Yes. Um, now, uh, moving back to uh, waiting for the uh, oncoming uh, zombies. Um, and I can, I can just imagine you in your living room, just kind of like in a meditation pose with a, with a samurai sword, like in front of you type of thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, my samurai and, uh, sword is, is jet black as well. It's very cool. Oh, that's a really, really good imagery. That <laughs> I'm is the awesome. kind of sad man who has a samurai. I have two samurai swords. Awesome. Very, very even sad. better. Even better. <laughs> Not at all. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, the next question that pops up in your head is what's the funniest comic that you've read? The funniest comic. I mean, part of me wanted to say, wants to say, um, the recent Hellions comics because they're really, really funny. Uh, but I thought I'd get something a bit more classic, uh, and that's What The um, from Marvel, which was like a kind of parody comic. Yeah. Um, and I read that as a kid, and it just it was very, very silly. It was like the, there, was, there was a strip in it where everyone was um, adopting eye patches because Wolverine was cool in his eye patch, and like. So they had no depth perception. So um, the human torch put in his eye patch and then flew straight to a wall, you know, rather than through the window because he had no depth perception. And uh, that's the sort of thing that made like 15 year old me laugh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny when I was young. Um, I don't know. Was that 15 year old me or was that 11 year old me? Probably 11 year old me, to be honest. I can never remember. I'm getting old now. Can't remember. <laughs> it's all kind of smushed together in like things when I was young. Uh, but i don't don't read a lot of humor comics um obviously i grew up reading the beano and uh i did read a lot of the brunes when i was little and or woolly because my mum is from glasgow so it's like read these scottish comics too they're really funny and you can make say jings crivens and help my bob to people and they won't know what you're going on about but you know (laughs) I, I like I like them. You, I, I can tell from your nervous laughter you've never heard of them. So oh, I heard of the Bruins. Is that right? The Bruins. Yeah, the Bruins. Yeah, I had heard of that before. That's come up on the on the podcast once before. The others, not so much. Oh, Woolly was. It's basically a kind of yeah. spin off from the Bruins. I think right by the same person. So I keep having to take some. Drink, some water it? well yes no, talk, talk, talking uh, certainly makes you thirsty yeah. doesn't it um <laughs> but uh yeah no um it's it is incredible how strong comics are in scotland yeah and it's a whole different kind of culture of comics yeah. and um i i've been um exhibiting at glasgow comic con since it started 10 years ago um as soon as i heard about it i was like they i was They'd like they were fully booked, and I was like, I have to be at this show. I have to because mm-hmm. like my mum's from Glasgow, and I feel very much like I'm at home in Glasgow, despite this accent. 
I mm. very much like identify as kind of Glaswegian. Uh, please <laughs> fit me in, and they managed to squeeze me in, and I've been going every year since, and I, I love it. And I, I get sale, phenomenal sales at Glasgow Comic Con. Um, um, they, they seem to love what I do, and I love, I love the Scottish. You know, That's I love awesome. Yay. Fantastic. Now, moving on from that upbeat uh, moment, uh, we move on to, on to a less upbeat <laughs> moment. And the next question that comes up is, what's the saddest comic that you've read? It's Uncanny X-Men, issue 183. He'll never make me cry. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> by your chuckling, you know the comic. Um, uh, where Colossus and Kitty Pride break up. Um, and again, it's one of those kind of formative comics for me when I was just like, it really ramped because I read it as a reprint in, I think it was the Secret Wars 2 comic, the UK Secret Wars 2 comic, um, originally. I mean, I own more than one copy now, and I have, it's the only slabbed comic I have. Um, um, and it just got a wicked cover. Yeah, well, it's weird. I felt like the splash page, the first page, is is a stronger image than the cover. But but um, yeah, it really rammed home to me that comics could be about more than people in silly costumes hitting each other. And as much as I love people in silly costumes hitting each yeah. other, it was like these these people, this particularly this one character, Kitty Pride, clearly had an internal life. She clearly had feelings and emotions and was going through stuff. Um, and I must've been like eight reading this and it really, really like really struck me as, as n- nothing like anything I'd ever written, I've ever read before um, because I'd just been reading kind of mainly comics about robots hitting each other and stuff, uh, which I like robots hitting each other. But yeah. Um, sure. yeah, it was, it, it's Yeah. Uh, and it's sad because um, obviously they break up. Uh, although, and he he breaks up with her because he slept with an alien on Battleworld, and then she died. And he's like, I, "Did he even sleep with her? I don't know." He was like, "He's basically like, I, I fell in love with this other this person who's dead now. I uh, just had to tell you about it and break up with you." And you're just like, "Did you really? <laughs> Did you kind of just kept that one to yourself?" that's harsh but like she's 13 and he's 18 and like it's like nowadays you couldn't write that definitely really not. couldn't get away with that but um uh yeah <laughs> it's um and like he's her world because she has this unrealistic view of what he can be to her yeah and it's very well. sad and like and then, to, to to read that when you're eight, yeah, um, yeah, that's that's quite an emotional storyline in what's otherwise like quite an action packed, yeah, kind of uh, run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, oh god, what's saying? Um, where was I going with this? I can't remember. I was going to say something. It's gone. Sorry, it's, gone. it's getting old. No, it's not your fault. Oh, no. I'm just getting old. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure it'll come back. Uh, you were talking <laughs> about just how they're breaking up. Like, it was quite a brutal breakup. Yes, it um, was. Um, but, uh, 
yeah. Anyway, moving on to the next thing because I've totally <laughs> lost my train of thought now. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Sorry about that, mate. Um, but uh, no, yeah, um, it's it's incredible that they they managed to to weave all of that that stuff in. Really, yeah, Claremont. I think Claremont's genius. I, I really do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember meeting him for the first time and just be keeping my cool and going. Uh, you know, um, I just want to say I'm a huge fan. Your work has really influenced me, and thank you so much. And that, and he was like, "Thank you, welcome." Well, that was that. Next time I met him, I was drunk and I turned around. He was behind me and I just went, oh, it's God, and wanted the earth to open up and swallow me. But there you go. I don't, I I don't drink anymore. That's one of the reasons why. Because, yeah. Because <laughs> uh. he called Chris, Chris Claremont God. God, Amazing. Yeah, to his face. Um, oh. Well, uh. that, that's awesome. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, that, was, that was unadulterated. That was, you know, there was no filter. That was straight yeah. from your brain to your mouth. You know, yeah. there was no, there was no gate. <laughs> no gate at all. Nothing. <laughs> Incredible. Nothing. Love it. Wicked. Uh, now, uh, moving on uh, to our, to our next question. And that is, what's the scariest comic that you've read? <sighs> scariest? I, I would say Nubians issue 64, if only for that, that cover of, basically uh, to, to set the scene, Doug Ramsey has just died. Um, and uh, Warlock can't understand why he doesn't just get up. And then Warlock's like, well, maybe you need some and a spark of energy in that. And then Warlock kind of... So Warlock kind of inhabits his body and makes him walk and move around. It's like thinking, like, if, if I did this, then maybe you'll remember what being alive is like and it's it's horrific it's genuinely just like disturbing and also like heartbreaking because warlock doesn't understand what dead is he just doesn't get it he doesn't know um uh and i mean i love i love louise simonson's writing it's absolutely fantastic um i i couldn't like couldn't decide who i like better out of claremont and simonson they're both amazing um and uh, just those characters um and the way they deal with it and you've got you've got um like magneto who is heartbroken as well because oh, sorry magneto as the americans say um <laughs> who's heartbroken over it's not they're not called magnets are they but anyway i digress <laughs> um you've got magneto who's heartbroken over one of his charges has died and he's got to tell doug ramsey's parents that their kid is dead and meanwhile warlock's marching him around like a puppet um and all of the all of the other kids are just like just um traumatized and it's it's a weird subject for a comic is like this kid has died these other kids are traumatized this adult is also traumatized uh, and in the midst of this we will do this like intense body horror you know, uh, it's it's a it's a it's a weird one, but I I love it. It's it's fantastic, absolutely amazing stuff. Brilliant, uh, yeah. No, it, it can be difficult to kind of create uh, horror or just scary moments in comics. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't tend to read, and this is a difficult one for me because I don't tend to read horror comics. Right, I don't have much of an interest in horror comics. Um, like I've never read a single issue of The Walking Dead. 
Ever. What? Yes. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, people just assume, you like comics, you must like The Walking Dead. And I'm like, no. It's, it's a <laughs> Definitely not how it's it It's a works, horror yeah. comic. It's not what I, yeah. And Harry keeps challenging me, like, you need to write a horror comic. And I'm like, I don't really have it in me. <laughs> <laughs> don't have it in me to write a horror comic. And then I kind of tried with The Lady in the Lost World, and that is not mm. a horror comic at all, in any way, shape, or form. Like, there's supposed to be this eldritch, eldritch horror at the end, like uh, Lovecraft-style eldritch horror at the end. Right. And the artist ended up basically drawing it as a big green ball with tentacles, and it kind of looks quite funny. But, you know, in the end, I was like, that's fine. I didn't really want to do a scary horror comic. It's, it's fine. <laughs> that works. It's, cute. it's a cute Eldritch horror. It's fine. <laughs> nice. Now, uh, moving on to my favourite question, and that is, what is your favourite cover? Oh, this is an easy one. Iron Man issue 225, the first part of Stark Wars, uh, was the first Iron Man comic I ever bought, picked up in uh, my local NSS, which doesn't exist anymore. Because they're basically a, a newsagent's chain. They also had like a toy shop upstairs. It was great. I loved it. I once got asked to leave the toy shop for yawning. Like, because I was making all the staff yawn. Because I, would, my parents would go and do the weekly shopping. And I would go right. upstairs in NSS to the toy shop to look at the toys. And they once asked me to, yeah, they asked me to leave. Because I was just constantly yawning. Because obviously I was tired. Um <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I digress. So I bought, um, I think we were driving to Scotland because my, as I said, my mum's Scottish. So we would every now and again, drive all the way up to Scotland to see my grandparents. Mm. And so I was like, can I get some comics to read on the way? And they're like, oh, fine, whatever. You know, How many can I get? We don't care. Just get a load. So I just grabbed a load of, co- like just every Marvel comic they had. And I think one issue of DC Comics Presents with Ambush Bug in it, of all things. Uh, but it was mostly Marvels. Uh, it was kind of around the time of Fall of Mutants. So there's some Daredevil from Fall of Mutants and absolutely awesome issue by Anderson. And this issue of Iron Man and that kind of, it's just this this cover of, of Iron Man in the Silver Centurion armor, which I love. Um, and then in the background in purple, are like a load of his armoured villains because the plot of Star Wars is his technology has been stolen um, and all of these uh, armoured villains are using his technology and he has to basically, he creates his negator packs that if he, if it's, he slaps the negator pack on their armour, it fuses his technology in their suit and so they can't use his technology anymore. Um, but yeah, this and this comic kind of um, sparked my love of Iron Man. Um, I went on to collect like almost a full run of Iron Man, um, and then and uh, my now ex-wife made me sell that comic book collection. But I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> but I have the the trade paperback collection of that, uh, which I got signed by Bob Layton at uh, the first wow. London Super Comic Con, um, and that was that was a nice moment for me. And uh, in fact. Uh, a few London Super Comics Comic Cons after that, because I used to do all of the graphic design work and for London Super Comic Con. Um, they had a sketch. He did Bob Layton did a sketch of Iron Man of the silver, in the Silver Centurion armor right. uh, for the show, and I got to color it and put it on. 
so we wow. used it like in the program and that, that was that was very really nice uh I posted online and bob layton was like wow this is amazing i was like you've just made my year but like i've got 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 to color as much as i hate coloring i've weirdly got to do some really great coloring really exciting coloring for (laughs) london super comic con over the years like i (laughs) colored a watchman piece of watchman art by dave gibbons wow which was nice and then i did uh preacher art by and oh this this is bound to happen. The name has gone out of my mind. Steve Dillon. Steve Dillon, yeah. Posthumously collaborated with Steve Dillon on a piece amazing. of creature art. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, thank you for saving me there. <laughs> Quite I, right. Always happens with names as you go, oh, I'm coming yeah, up to say the name. It's exactly. gone. Um, but yeah, so um, got to kind of cross a few things off the bucket list there. And like, I kind oh. of sort of know John Higgins. And so it, I felt. In doing the Watchmen piece, I was like, I feel so much pressure here to not just do an awful job and actually do this justice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if I pulled it off, but there you go. <clears throat> no, I'm sure yeah. you did. But, I mean, what what a connection to have with yeah. this, on top of the fact that, obviously, you kind of in, in, enjoy the the original comic itself. Then you've got got that connection to bob as well that's just amazing it's it's awesome um i would love i'd love to get there are certain artists who i have on like my bucket list that i want to work with or at least get cover art by like and i know that like they do commissions but i i'm not a wealthy man (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and so that's not really an option but i would love to get something done by bob layton and bill sinkevich uh definitely Definitely, Bill. I met Bill once. That was amazing. <clears throat> Had coffee with Bill at San Diego Comic Con the one year I went. Like Har- uh, Harry was there as well, and he was like, "Oh, do you want to come for coffee with Bill Sienkiewicz?" I was like, "Do I want to come for coffee with Bill Sienkiewicz?" <laughs> like, I got a hug from Bill Sienkiewicz. It's like that's the highlight wow. of my life. Right. He's a lovely, lovely man. Really, really lovely man. His wife is lovely. Partner is don't know is lovely as well though she's saying you know living with him is a nightmare because you find art everywhere it's like you'll open the laundry basket and there's art (laughs) in the laundry basket it's just absolutely everywhere um he's he's one of a kind he really is Um, and i i i hope he lives forever (laughs) let's hope so that one's that one's gonna get me like if he ever dies yes Yeah. yeah no doubt um, well, that, that's incredible, Liam. That's fantastic. So that's a downer. That's a downer. And, no, well, no, it's so, all good. Contemplating um, the death of legendary ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, moving from that um, that incredible story, um, what's the most meaningful comic to you? Well, we already covered this. It's yeah. Uncanny X-Men issue 183. Um, because uh, Kitty Pride is my favourite character. Um, and that was the moment when she became my favourite character because, um, as I said, she has that internal life. She has more going on than just. And she's she was at the time she was a kid. I was a kid. You know, she was going through stuff. I was a kid. Um, and you know, uh, that was the point of Kitty Pride. Is that she was that kind of point of view character to kind of get kids into the X Men uh, and worked very well. Um, 
Uh, and I remember when I first got online and started participating in online comics fandom on AOL, on the Comics and Anime Forum on AOL in the mid nineties. Um, we had a there was a Kitty Pride folder where we talked about how much we liked Kitty Pride, and I remember John Byrne. John Byrne posted in the, that folder. Uh, really? And all he posted was lines on paper, people, lines on paper. And I've disliked John Byrne ever, intensely ever since. I mean, there are there are there are better reasons for disliking John Byrne than that, but that was so that was kind of personal. You know, it's it's weird uh, it's weird those days. There were see there were like four big folders on those forums, big popular folders. And this is going to sound mm. like me blowing my trumpet and it kind of is. Um, That's okay. But like <laughs> there was the, the burn wards, John Burns one. There was, right. um, I think Peter David's folder. And I think, I think it was Eric Larson as well. And there was me weirdly. And at kind of 19, who the f- was I? I never <laughs> produced a comic, but yeah. Um, but hey, that you know, but that, like, what's happened to John Byrne, and who, who the hell is Eric Larson now? Mm. <laughs> uh, I, I worked on Savage Dragon. That I was going to say, how did how yes. did that come about? Uh, oh God, there by hangs a tale. Um, I happen to know through Marcosia, an artist. I'm not going to name names. <clears throat> the artist in question, um, he was doing a backup strip on Savage Dragon. And he was like, do you want to ink it? There's no money because there never is. This is the thing. You'll understand. People are like, <laughs> the, the work I've done for Image, and I haven't done a lot. I've done two things for Image. I've ended up out of pocket on both things because Image yeah. don't pay you. No. Image don't pay you. You pay them anybody. to get published, you, right? You basically, <laughs> yeah. It's basically a similar deal to Marcosia. Right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they split the profits. But, you know, if you're happening to work on some backup strip, the the creators aren't passing their share of the profits onto you. It's fine. But, you know, image is supposed to be all about creators' rights, but, like, it doesn't actually pan out unless... For everybody. You're de- yeah. Unless, yeah, unless... <laughs> You're a big creator. Um, but that's a whole yeah. different thing to get into and me moaning about image. <clears throat> anyway, so I do this inking. <laughs> um, and eventually I get I get a copy of the comic. And he's altered my inking and taken Park's partial credit for it. And when I called him out on it, he's gone on off on one about how my inks are terrible because I've altered his pencils and i'm like dude do you know what an inker does well yeah. you know um and in fact this is god I, I, this is like ian's name dropping hour you know but <laughs> weirdly i posted about this there's a uh i posted about it on facebook and tom orzakowski weirdly went onto this artist's um blog and like laid into him about how he'd Ripped me off. I was like, okay, wow. that's nice. Thank you, Mister Thomas Kowski. Yeah. You're like sure. legendary letterer, but you know, it's good to know you're in my like, Good for him. Good for <laughs> but him. Yeah. Uh, that, so that Very was. Nice. A, I, I haven't had a good record with Image. Uh, the other thing I did for them was I coloured a backup strip in. Is it Dynamo Five? And that wasn't. That wasn't bad. I just 
I did some coloring. I didn't get paid. I had to buy a copy of the, co- the you know, the comic, you know, um, right. and that's, it's like, okay. I know that not everybody's getting paid, but you could at least send me a comp copy, you know? Yeah. Be nice. That'd be something. And it's that'd be like, token, right? Yeah. I mean, I get, I get frustrated because uh, people talk about image and be like, Oh, creators, right. It's great. It's wonderful. And it's like my experiences of image are not that it's wonderful. Uh, it can yeah. be wonderful. I know, uh-huh. I know that like Kieran Gillen treats everyone he works with it when he does an image project very mm-hmm. well, very well. Uh, but it is really down to the creators, the people running that particular book. Yeah. Um, it's nothing to do with image because they're just a, they're just yeah. the publisher. They don't commission stuff. I mean, the, the other thing that cracks me up is, I mean, I don't. I don't generally go around the web looking for work anymore. But when I first mm. started out, I did looking for inking work and looking for lettering work. And I'd see so many um, ads going, there's no money, but obviously if the book gets picked up by image, there will be. And I'm like, right. no, there won't. No, there won't. <laughs> yeah. Even then, you no, know, there's no magic money <laughs> yeah. that's going to come just because your book's published by image. If it sells, there might be yeah. some money, but you know, uh, there's a lot of people who just don't understand how the industry works, and that's I mean, it's fine, that's fair enough, they'll learn in time. But, um, there are sadly a lot of unscrupulous people also who do understand how the industry works mm. who are seeking to take advantage of people who don't, but, you know, exactly. Oh, hum. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's, it, I guess it's just important, I mean, it's important to point that out. Um, and, and, and also bring people up on it if they are doing it yeah. as well, you know, so that then, you know, people don't get away with it anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, obviously I don't know if it's so prevalent now cause I don't go looking for work because right. I've got yeah, enough yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, I know that people have managed, I've come across, across artists that have, uh, you know, collaborated with, a writer who promised to pay them and then the writers ended up, you know, skipping payments um, and then publishing the book anyway. And uh, it's like, oh, <laughs> it's painful. And particularly yeah, if, you're, I mean, if you're in different countries as well, yeah. Um, then, you know, legal action is exceedingly difficult. Yes. For that, right? Um, so um, even, I mean, it's, you know, you've lost completely. Um, in that in that respect, yeah. um, so it, it 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 does happen. But as long, particularly these days with social media, as long as people are getting called out for it, then yeah. those people won't end up working with people. You know, you'd hope so. Yeah. They'll, they'll fall off the map. <laughs> yeah, you'd hope so. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, now, moving on from that bright note, yeah. um, <laughs> what's the what's the most underrated comic? It's Power Pack. Power Pack. I've recently been re- rereading. Power Pack from the start. Uh, I guess Louis Simonson um, is the writer. Um, June Brigman does the art. And uh, if you don't know Power Pack, it's four kids, basically preteens, um, who basically get abducted by aliens and get superpowers and have to save their parents slash the world. Um, and it's, it's, brilliant it is uh the the writing is fantastic the kids never feel like annoying brats even though 
they are annoying rats, uh, <laughs> but never in that kind of, oh, this kid's just whiny. and nye, nye, nye. It's like they're, they're written well. Uh, they're not, it's not, it doesn't feel patronizing, even though like I first read it when I was eight, I'm now 44 and I still don't feel talked down to. Um, uh, and the artwork by June Brigman is just, it's just superb um, to be able to draw kids and have them look like kids rather than small adults um, and get their, you know, their bodies right. Cause then they're not like, they don't have rippling muscles because because they're kids you know um it's 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 charming but also it kind of deals with some kind of like proper social issues because like they come and come like one of the main uh marvel heroes they come into contact with this it's cloak and dagger and cloak and dagger like got their powers basically by being given drugs and like they're involved in you know, gang, gangland stuff and drug trafficking and all of that stuff. And so these little preteens coming into contact with cloak and dagger and like the littlest one, Katie is just, just thinks dagger is beautiful and amazing and wonderful. And, <laughs> uh, and it's so innocent. Um, and yeah, it kind of, and it kind of pulls cloak and dagger up and like, maybe we shouldn't be quite so murdery. Maybe we should, yeah, try and maintain the innocence of these kids rather than just outright murder people. Um, uh, that sounds cheesy as but it, oh, sorry, excuse me. Uh, I managed right. to get almost an hour in without swearing. Oh dear. Um, but yeah, it sounds cheesy, but it's it's honestly not, and that's what makes it wonderful. Um, and I'm amazed that more people don't rave about Power Pack. Brilliant. I'll have to check it out because I've never read it. You've never read it. I, originally, never. again, originally for me, it was a backup strip in whatever Marvel UK. Because that's the wonderful thing about Marvel UK when I was a kid, um, which would have been the early to mid 80s. They ran backup strips, which were often insane. Um, like. Um, Rocket, the original Rocket Raccoon miniseries was ran as a backup strip in, I don't know whether it's Return of the Jedi or Transformers or whatever, but it was a backup strip. Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, was run as backup strip in these things. Power hmm. Back was run as a backup strip. And so you got exposure to, like, as a kid in the UK reading Marvel comics, even if you were reading, like, all the kind of corporate tie-in stuff like Transformers and like action force and that, which I was, you got exposure to like the best of the best of what the U S were putting out. Weirdly, you got these, like that, that um, rocket raccoon series, mini series is literally insane. Um, makes uh, rocket raccoon as he appears in the films seem like tame, like, <laughs> like just a regular raccoon. Um, yeah, it's 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 weird and disturbing and kind of psychotropic. Uh, yeah, but um, we were talking about Power Pack and I got onto Rocket Raccoon. That's just comics for you. 
<laughs> Leads us from one to the other. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. And uh, now we come on to one of the most difficult questions. No, that is not. for you. <laughs> there you go. What is the best comic of all time? That's Strangers in Paradise. I mean, you, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's sublime, you know. Um, there's nothing quite like it. From the th- fact that one man, Terry Moore, has put out all those issues, drawn by himself and read by himself, and it's it's fantastic. Uh, I, I I love the way that Terry Moore draws people. I love the way he draws women because um, it's not in a cheesecake way, but they are beautiful women. Um, I spent a lot, a lot of time kind of trying to imitate how he draws and failing um, when I was young. I haven't read it all yet. I did read, um, I read a lot, like the, I read it from the beginning and I read a lot of issues and then uh, stopped getting comics for a while. And so I haven't read how the original series ended. I have read um, the recent um Strangers in Paradise 25, which is the 25th anniversary series. And I've read Five Years, which kind of is a sequel, um, but also links into a lot of Terry's other work that I haven't read yet, really need to read. Um, there's so much. To, I've, I've got a huge pile of comics sat next to me, <clears throat> which yeah. includes like the first 10 issues of West Coast Avengers and yeah. um, a load of other stuff. And all The Walking Dead. Yeah, and, no, not that <laughs> um, I've got so much stuff to read, and I have um, the Strangers in Paradise omnibus, which I need to read um, all of it from the start. I need to read it again, but I love it. I love how again it's that thing of the people feeling real, the people fe- in the yeah. comic feeling like they have an internal life. They exist when you're not reading the comic as well. Um, and they have feelings and emotions and all of that stuff. Um, they're not just there to tell the story. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they're yeah, not yeah. just a plot device. They're not just, they, that the story grows from who they are. Um, and I, I aspire to write anything that good. Um, and, as much as I love the art in my, the comics I put out, I just just I would love to put out something that looks as good as Terry Moore's art because <laughs> I just love him. But I mean, I'm very lucky. I get to work. I've got to work with some amazingly talented artists over the years. Mm. Um, really, really good people. Um, in fact, there's nobody in any of my books who I would say oh, they're, they're all right. I guess they're all fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant and it, and it almost seems pointless to ask the next next question but yeah. if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse which would it be well I've cheated I've cheated with this because um, I would take the Strangers in Paradise Omnibus which is uh, it is in one box exactly it's, it's not cheating it's fine it's not cheating in one box it's massive um, it might be quite useful as a weapon in the zombie apocalypse because you could <laughs> probably crush a zombie's head with it um uh, but yeah, because I, I would have the opportunity to actually sit as long as the the doors help. If I if I like if I like sealed all the doors and windows, I could just sit and read it and ignore the screams from outside. 
that give you enough time. Throw one of my children to the zombies. <laughs> Brilliant. And, uh, yeah, and, and read the whole thing because yeah, that's a whole chunk I haven't read. I don't know what happened to David. He just like I was. He was in it when I stopped reading it, and then I read Strangers in Paradise twenty five, and David wasn't in it anymore. I'm like, where did David go? What's going on? <laughs> Although it made sense to write him out, I guess, after they came out and got married. But hey, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> didn't really... Love Triangle didn't work after that. I don't know. So much. <laughs> um, and uh, along with the omnibus edition of Strangers in Paradise, uh, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take with you as well? Oh, a weapon? I think my samurai sword is the obvious one. Awesome. Because... Um, I'd like to actually get a chance to use it in anger. Although then yeah. I would probably learn how cheaply made it is as it broke. <laughs> <laughs> just as it, as it hits a, a zombie. Yeah. yeah. It just kind of breaks in two. Oh no. Whoops. I get a machine gun, you know, a Gatling gun. Sure. You know, that would be probably like, I'm sure from cartoons, like you can sever somebody's head with a machine gun. Cause you just, shoot along their neck till it, yeah, till it comes off or maybe just a, a well-made samurai sword rather than the cheap one i have yes yeah let's go for a proper kind of yeah. you know japanese folded yeah. samurai sword yeah, yeah. definitely That'll by that it. guy from kill bill yeah exactly yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, well, Ian Sharman, thank you so much for sharing your comics for the apocalypse. It's, it really has welcome. been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Sorry Fantastic. for going off on a tangent. Constantly. Oh, it's, it's quite all right. Uh, and for the <laughs> listeners, one more time, where can they find you online? Oh, everywhere. I'm on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram and DeviantArt, apparently. Uh, and <laughs> I actually have a YouTube channel. I haven't posted anything into it in years, but hey. You know, I've lost a lot. Let's like say if you if you go to my YouTube channel, I've lost a lot of weight since then. Oh, good for you. I'm not I'm not that fat anymore. <laughs> not that vain or anything. Insecure. No, just way. health, health. <laughs> All about health, right? Um, yeah. Well, um, again, Ian, thank you so much, and uh, hopefully You're our welcome. paths will will cross at Comic Con when, yes, when, when they, they get have up Comic-Cons and running again. again. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks again, Ian. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Ian for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Ian's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all of our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.